Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about loneliness. And not just loneliness at face value, but loneliness as an epidemic. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am an inpatient mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So what do I mean about loneliness being at an epidemic level? Interesting enough, I just saw that according to U.S. News and World Report five hours ago, that loneliness is an epidemic, but it's also a threat to our health. From Bob Dylan to Green Day, to Sting, musicians frequently write songs about loneliness and heartbreak. While it makes for catchy lyrics and memorable tunes, experiencing loneliness can lead to serious health consequences, research shows. Now, according to a 2023 Gallup poll, loneliness affects 44 4 million American adults, which is equivalent to 17% of the population. While the trend has been declining since the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic, most likely due to the availability of vaccines and gradual easing of social distancing and isolation protocols, loneliness continues to affect the well-being of millions of people. The national poll found that young adults under age 30 and those in lower-income households suffered higher levels of loneliness. Now, in recent years, the issue of loneliness and social isolation has gained increased attention, uh, also research and focus. In fact, the U.S. Surgeon General's Office has sounded the alarm on the loneliness epidemic which is going across the United States and recommended a national strategy to drive more connections through a whole society approach. In fact, uh, according to U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Murthy in a 2023 report, Our epidemic of loneliness and isolation, he said, 
the harmful consequences of a society that lacks social connection can be felt in our schools, workplaces, and civic organizations where performance, productivity, and engagement are diminished. He also said, Given the profound consequences of loneliness and isolation, we have an opportunity and an obligation to make the same investments in addressing social connection that we have made in addressing tobacco use, obesity, and the addiction crisis. So what is loneliness? According to U.S. News and World Report, Loneliness is something that we all feel at some point in our lives. It's part of being human. Loneliness is defined as being in emotional distress from a lack of close interpersonal relationships. U.S. News and World Report also said, it's not just young adults and older people who get lonely. People who live in big families or have been married for many years can feel lonely because of unfulfilling or unrewarding emotional connections. Now, the author of several books, including A Practical Guide to Overcoming Loneliness, uh, her name is Sally Alter, she said, not being married can be a risk for loneliness, but not all marriages create fulfilling relationships and sometimes they lead to loneliness. One thing to, to really stress is loneliness and being alone are different. In fact, the podcast before this podcast episode, I spoke about the need for alone time. So you might want to listen to that so that you have a better understanding between loneliness and being alone. And in fact, you can live alone either by choice or out of necessity and not feel loneliness. Uh, in fact, uh, that Sally Alter also said, uh, I have lived alone since my husband died from suicide in 2000. While it took me a while to enjoy my own company, I no longer experience loneliness and live a full, rewarding life. So while social isolation and loneliness are often used interchangeably, it's important to note, like I said, that they are not one and the same. Social isolation denotes few social connections or social interactions, but that person may not necessarily experience loneliness, whereas loneliness involves the perception of isolation or meaningful connections. The discrepancy between one's desired and actual level of social connection. So, what causes loneliness? First, let's take a moment to discuss how loneliness can happen. Aside from mental illnesses like depression and anxiety, there can be a lot of different factors that contribute to a sense of loneliness, such as being disconnected from family or friends. Also, finding it difficult to meet new people because of where you live or because you struggle with 
talking to new people. Also, living on your own and without close relationships with other people. Very important thing to also mention is if you're going through grief or loss. Also, poor health really restricts your mobility. The, The going to events where there's dancing and a lot of people to talk to. Uh, If you're in poor health, that's not going to be happening. Now, other things like major life changes, uh, for instance, changing jobs, moving to a new area, those type of things. Language or or cultural barriers, all this, all of a sudden you're, you find yourself plucked right into a different type of culture that can be a, a situation that causes you to isolate and feeling that you lack purpose or meaning in your life. Those are some examples. Circumstances, however, do change and your sense of connection versus loneliness can fluctuate depending on a range of factors. For example, it's not uncommon for people to feel lonely in the winter because there might be less physical contact with other people during the colder weather. Identifying why you might be feeling lonely is pretty important Because unless you know what's going on deep down inside, you might struggle to address the issue as you won't be dealing with the root cause. So what's important is there's a need to address the root cause of loneliness rather than just treating the symptoms. Uh, For example, if you have the flu, but you only treat the cough, then you're still going to end up with a bunch of other symptoms that will probably knock you about. So it's definitely worth the effort to get a proper diagnosis and treat the root cause of the issue. My point is this, if you're struggling with loneliness because of depression, just going out and trying to make a new friend is very unlikely to address the real issue. I would hope that you would be brutally honest with yourself about what's going on. And if you need to seek professional help, then please do. I've talked to a lot of people about seeking help who freak out at the idea of speaking to a complete stranger about their fears and insecurities or who might be struggling financially and feel they can't just can't afford to pay a professional counselor or therapist. I firmly believe that the benefits far outweigh 
the cost. There are lots of things you can do to address loneliness. And I'll cover some in a moment, but please just really hear what I'm saying about tackling the root cause before you jump into solution mode. All right, let's get into the good stuff. How to overcome loneliness, or at least feel a bit less lonely. Well, get out more. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So don't just sit at home and expect to connect with people because it's not going to happen. Now, I know firsthand how hard it can be uh, as far as getting out more, especially if you're finding yourself transplanted into a new area or culture. So what's important is even a 10 minute chat to someone can make a monumental difference in your sense of connection. And if you can increase that over time and get out more often, then you, then you'll start to feel more connected to others. So you can also take, if you are a student, take your work to a cafe or a coffee house one or two times a week so that you won't be completely isolated from the world. I've gone to, for instance, Starbucks. I've had some lovely chats with people doing exactly the same thing, just sitting, enjoying their coffee, maybe reading a newspaper, uh, doing some work on the computer, things like that. Now, uh, sure, they're just general, how's the weather, or kind of hot out today, kind of cold out today, but small talk types of conversations, uh, but they make a massive difference if you're feeling lonely or isolated. If you're in line at the grocery store, speaking to someone, just light talk, small talk, that you have many opportunities to do that. Uh, if you're at a, a fair or some type of event, there's many people and you're in line waiting for food or anything, strike up a, a small talk. Also, talk to one new person each week. Even if it's just the person at the shop and even if it's a brief, how's your day been? conversation. It's better than nothing. I make a point of smiling politely to anyone who catches my eye at the supermarket, especially older people. And as a result, I've ended up having some brief but lovely interactions with total strangers. It takes effort, but it's worth it. Small steps 
make a difference. Community involvement. You're, you're likely a part of several communities. Communities related to your geographical area, your hobbies and passions, your spiritual beliefs, things like that. Get out. Find your tribes and connect with them. Just don't only focus on connecting with people who are exactly like you. That's the challenge here. That's the challenge here. Diversity is the spice of life. So make an effort to get to know people from all walks of life. Another way to connect with people, especially those with common interest, is using online forums. But I'm going to put a whole bunch of caveats on this. Forums like Reddit and Twitter have become breeding grounds for hatred and vile behavior over the past few years. So while they can serve to connect you with others, especially if you're geographically isolated, they can also be horrendous for your mental health. There are far too many cases of people ending their lives because of a social media pylon. So if you are struggling with your mental health, it's wise to take precautions and be prepared to step back if you find yourself being attacked. Online forums are handy, but they are no substitute for genuine physical connection. Nothing can replace real human contact. So while social media and group chats can be great for keeping in touch, they are only ever superficial as far as a means of connection. So you have social media. And social media is never going to be a substitute for real deep and meaningful connection with other human beings. Never. No argument. Never. <laughs> so put down your devices and go talk to the people you love in person. Neighbors. That uh, Just say hi to your neighbor. You can make also a positive difference in the community and, and tackle your loneliness by volunteering your time. Work with the elderly, support a children's sporting team, drive a van for an organization that helps people with a disability to get around. There are many different opportunities to help others, and by doing so, You'll be rewarded with a sense of purpose, a sense of giving, and a sense of connection. And often you'll be reminded that there are always people facing greater challenges than you are in your life, which in turn can serve to increase your sense of gratitude and life satisfaction. Speaking of satisfaction, let's talk about companion animals. 62% of households here 
in America have a pet. Now, this was a 2019 source. So I would say that it's probably closer to 70% uh, since COVID. But that's my opinion. And I want to say, as a proud parent of three fur babies, uh, one pug and two Great Danes, um, I can testify to the positive effects they can have on your sense of connection, especially if you're struggling with social isolation. Bonus points for taking your pet out for walks, which can help to connect with other people. But please, don't walk your pets on asphalt or even concrete sidewalks during the heat of the day because their paws uh, can get burned uh, first, second, even third degree burns. So please keep that in mind. So anyway, away from me being a nurse, um, I don't want you just to take my word for it. Uh, I ran into a 2016 survey by Pet Plan Australia and found that 60% of pet owners felt more socially connected as a direct result of having a pet. What it all boils down to is this, having the motivation to tackle loneliness head on. That's an important thing. We all have things that happen to us, but it's up to each of us to decide whether to let circumstances control us or to take control of our circumstances. Don't let life just happen to you. Every decision you make is a decision that can shape your life. So make choices that serve to improve your mental health and well-being. Loneliness can happen to anyone, regardless of age or where you live, and it can feel isolating and confronting and miserable, but there are plenty of things that you can do to feel more connected with other people. Make a conscious effort to understand what things you can do to connect with people and minimize your loneliness and consider how you can help other people to feel a little less lonely as well. Loneliness can affect anybody and it can have negative consequences for your mental and physical health. There are lots of different reasons that you might be experiencing loneliness, and it can fluctuate depending on what's happening in your life or because of more serious factors like mental illness, which might require you to seek some professional help. You can make choices to do things that are likely to increase your sense of connection to others, like getting out more, getting involved in your community, or even by volunteering. The choice is yours but it does take conscious effort to turn loneliness around. Nothing will change 
if you just stay at home on your own or don't interact with other people. So make an effort. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.